Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Thank you, Lillian. Good morning. Who was here last week? Who wasn't? One, two, three, four. Okay. And for those who weren't here, we did an activation where we learned to speak let the the Holy Spirit speak to ourselves and we prophesied over ourselves by writing things down that just came to us. We weren't allowed to think about it. We weren't allowed to read what we were writing. We were just writing as if the Holy Spirit had our hand and had the pen and was speaking to us from the innermost place of the Father's heart. Now, what you need to do is continue to practice that. Yeah? Yeah? Because as I said, it's taken me 40 years and I'm starting to get a flow on it now. But I'm getting better and better at it. Because why? Because what you do is when you go to write something about yourself, the first thing you'll do is, oh, that couldn't be true. Because we don't like ourselves very much. Put up your hand if you really love yourself in this room right now. It's okay. It's not a trick question. It's not like I'm looking for people who are just like big-headed and, you know, Pastor Phil loves himself. And so do you, you love yourself? Yeah. Stand up on your chair. Stand up on your chair. Put your hands in the air and say, I love myself. (laughs) And that's where I want to get you all to. That's where we all need to be in a place like that, that we can be so like a child, that we so know that God loves us, that we can actually stand up on a chair and go, I love myself. I love that song. Anybody ever heard that song? I love me. I love me. You haven't heard that? Oh, you've got to listen to it. I don't know who it is. Some black lady. I love me. Oh, it's such a good song. And sometimes I put it on just to remind myself and have a dance around the house (laughs) when no one's watching that I've got to learn to love myself. And I'm still trying. I still battle with it every day like everybody else. And so just going back with a few people that were not here last week, each year I like to get with God, well, Pastor Phil and I do, and just say, God, what are you saying for this year? And as a prophetic voice, I like to know what God is saying. But this has been a different time because it's not just another year. We actually stepped over into another decade. And therefore, God wants to download a decade of information to those who have ears to hear. And so a lot of prophets are really treating this as serious time when God is going to unleash a lot of wisdom and a lot of understanding for the decade to come because most people that I speak to that are, that are hearing God are saying, this decade is going to be a, a, a changing decade. It's going to, it's going to be a decade of incredible displays of the glory of God. We are going to see things that we never dreamed we'd see and the things that we did dream that we would see and the things we didn't even imagine that we would see, we are going to see. So I gave this scripture last week, Isaiah chapter 60, and this is in the Amplified Version, which is beautiful. And it says this, Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you in. Rise to a new life. Rise to a new decade. 
Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is a a prophetic word in Isaiah chapter 60 that scholars would say and Bible theologians would say, this is a prophetic word that has not yet been fulfilled. And I wonder if this decade, this these people that are sitting in these seats right now that are listening to the sound of my voice, or if you're listening on podcasts, I wonder if you are the generation who the Isaiah 60 generation, who are actually going to arise, arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have held you in. And we know over our nation, I know that there is a veil over our nation and has been since the early settlement of our nation of death and destruction and rejection and, and hurt and, and so, so much rejection that it's really difficult, even if you've come from another nation into this nation and you're, you're an adopted Aussie, you still carry the spirit that's over this nation and the major spirit over the nation of Australia is what? Starts with R. Rejection. Every nation has a spirit over it. And it's a stronghold that oppresses the whole people of a whole nation. What would you say the spirit over America is? Starts with P. Pride. So all the American people have to overcome pride. They have to, they have to really humble themselves. They have to really work at that. We're the opposite. We have to work at overcoming rejection. We actually need a bit of pride. Well, not pride, but we need a bit of, you know. And not false humility. We don't need false humility. We need to be humble servants of the Lord who actually know who we are in Christ. And so my life message that I have, this is my life message, is to restore Revive, refresh, and renew everything back to God's original intent. In other words, what were you absolutely born to do? Who were you born to be? What did he say over you before he put you in your mother's womb? Because he wrote your book before you were in your mother's womb. What did he say over you? What were the things that he spoke of you that you should fulfill in your lifetime? Are you a part of Isaiah 60? Is that written in your book? Are you the Isaiah 60 generation? And do you have to battle against this spirit of rejection and really stand up from the, from the depression and the circumstance, the, the depression and the prostration that circumstances have held you in? What are the circumstances? The spirit of rejection over our nation is what holds most Australians down. We will never think too much of ourselves because we don't think anything of ourselves, actually. And so God, through his word in this next, in this next decade, I believe is going to be injecting, 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 and unveiling his true heart for his bride, particularly in the nation of Australia, because we have been chosen. I'm not, this isn't even my message. It's just coming out. Anyway, we have been chosen. We have been chosen as a, as a marked nation by God to model 
what God wants to do in the next decade because he is looking for a people who will model the heart of his son. And because we have rejection, we are rejected just as he was rejected. He is going to teach us how to love ourselves out of that rejection. And we will not rise up in pride or we won't rise up in wrong attitudes. We'll actually be like this little boy who stood on that chair and just went, I love myself. And God is going to fall on the childlike heart that we have in this nation because we don't have a lot of years of religious indoctrination. We kind of mostly are a heathen nation. But God is going to come. He's going to reveal himself in a childlike way to people with childlike faith. And they're going to rise up in this nation in the most beautiful, servant-hearted, humble people that are willing to wash the feet of anyone. And we are going to have the most incredible mateship among us in the spirit realm where we will defer one to another and we will move as a mighty army of brothers and sisters across the earth. And it won't be just Bathsheba that we take, but it will be the nations of the earth as we stand together in the spirit of the incredible Aussie mateship. There's a little download for you. (laughs) So God's stirring all of that inside of me. So you say, Pastor Julie, what are you going to do with that? For this year, I am committed to unveiling to you what God has unveiled to me and unfold it As we go along this year, so when I get up to preach, it may not be in the themes that we're in in that month. But I feel like God wants me to be released as a prophet this year and really continue to build into you what God is telling me to build into you from a prophetic perspective. There'll be apostolic messages. There'll be evangelistic messages. There'll be pastoral messages because we have all those things. There'll be teaching messages because we have all those things on our team. How good is that, that you get a full meal? Because it was just me all the time. You'd be too much. You know, too much of a good thing is not good. (laughs) Too much dessert. I don't know if I'm dessert, actually. I think the pastors are more dessert and I'm more the meat. Like, eat it. It's good for you. Or the veggies. I don't know. So it says in this scripture, in verse, um, which I can't read too, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all people. So we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of stuff. We're seeing earthquakes, volcanoes. We're seeing pestilence. We're seeing, you know, diseases and viruses. We're seeing a lot of stuff at once. Who knows that? It's all just going bang, 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 bang. All of a sudden we go, God, what is that? And I said last week, some people would say these are signs of the end times, but I like what Larry Sparks says. He says these are signs that heaven is invading earth. Heaven is invading earth. And guess what? We get to invade earth with heaven. We just need to partner with heaven. Amen? And so I said that God spoke to me clearly and he said, the word for 2020, the decade of 2020, the word that I'm giving for the nation of Australia, and obviously other people have other words, I'm not the only one, but this is what God has given to me, is unveiled. And then he said to me this, he said, these are the things that he's going to unveil and I'm going to slowly unpack some of these for you, hopefully all of them as the year goes on. I unpacked one last week, but this week I want to unpack another one. 
And so these are the things that God wants to unveil. Number one, the bride will be unveiled. And we'll explain all these as we go on. Number two, the fivefold will be unveiled. Number three, the donkeys will be unveiled. Number four, prophetic eyes will be unveiled. Number five, intimacy with Jesus will be unveiled. And we touched on that last week. Number six, the hidden ones will be unveiled, speaking on that today. Seven, the secrets of God will be unveiled. Eight, the power of God will be unveiled. And I mean the power of God. And I'm, I'm hearing other prophets as well now. I heard one last night from um, Scotland, an Irish woman from Scotland. Oh, she, I just went, woo, yeah, she talks like me. She speaks my language. Isn't that good when you hear that across the waters, someone speaking the same language? And she was saying the same thing that I was saying, that we're going to see unprecedented Book of Acts power, and we're going to see the most amazing miracles, particularly people being instantly healed from mental illnesses. That's what I got. So God is good. So hang on. God is on the way. All of you who suffer with those things, he is coming to deliver us. Amen. Um, Number nine, pure hearts will be unveiled. Number 10, divine connections will be unveiled. Number 11, the prodigals will be unveiled. 12, the unbelievers will be unveiled. They're saying that we're going for a one billion harvest, and I believe it with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, that in this decade we are going to see a billion people come into the kingdom of God. And I believe for more, because God says it's his will that none should perish. And honestly, when we get woken up, the harvest will be awakened right in front of us. Amen. Um, Unbelievers will be unveiled. 13, supernatural provision will be unveiled. Where there has been blockages to the gospel going out because of provision, God is going to unlock and unveil supernatural and unusual provision. Jesus' name. And I just say that, um, Candice Pether, I feel like you've got uh, a key to that somehow. God, God is going to give you keys on how to unlock finances for the, for the kingdom of God, for the work of God. I know he is. You're not just, you know, doing work and doing the stuff you're doing, doing what you have done to be who you are. You, there is more ticking on the inside of you than you understand. And I believe God is going to use you as a major force to unlock provision for the kingdom of God. I don't know how he's going to do that or what he's going to do. We're talking about a decade, so we know that we're in, we're in process. Everybody say process. Process. Who believes they're in process right now? Anybody arrived? Anybody? Good. Certain? No, not even the child. No one's arrived. It's good. And number 14, hearts will be unveiled. Isn't that great? And so today I want to unlock for you, the hidden ones will be unveiled. I love this quote I read by Louis Giglio. Who knows Louis Giglio? He's unraveling. He unravels the mysteries of God, the stars, the planets. I mean, he's amazing. And he's a prophet in that realm. He says this, this next decade... This next decade can either be a repeat of the story of your defeat or it can be the decade that God will write the story of your resurrection. It can be 10 years of why you can't or 10 years of why you did. Wow. 
Can I read that again? This decade can either be a repeat of the story of your defeat, or it can be the decade that God will write the story of your resurrection. It can be 10 years of why you can't, or 10 years of why you did. Do you know that 10 years seems like a long time? But when you're 60, 10 years seems really short. Because it feels like 10 years may be all I've got left. I don't know. You know, the Bible says 70 years. I believe I'm going to live longer than that. But we have to be realistic and go, well, I've got 10 years to give this all I've got. And then whatever extra God gives me on top of that. Amen. But for me... I'm being brave and I'm stepping out in areas that I'm scared. And I want to encourage you today to do the same thing. You say, Pastor Julie, you don't even look scared. Somebody said, oh, you know, everybody wants to be like Pastor Julie. She looks so confident and she looks so sure of herself. I am sure in the God who will support me if I just stand up and open my mouth. I'm sure of the God that if I spend enough time with him, if he gets on me enough, that he will choose to speak through this vessel that is humbled and fallen at his feet and surrendered to him with everything that I have. I am am confident in him. I'm confident that he will will do what he said he's going to do about me, that I can go through the prophecies that have been spoken over me over the last 40 years and I can begin to declare them in this decade that they will come to pass, that I am not too old, that God will renew my strength like the eagles and the things that he said over my life I will accomplish and I will do in Jesus' name. And I'm saying the same thing to you today. It's time to dust off the old prophecies. It's time to get out the old journals. It's time to start to speak those things over your life, not just read them, but read them out loud. And it's time to declare the perfect will of God over your life. What God said, what did God say about you? What has God said about you? What has God always said about you? And you're going to begin to see a theme as you unravel the things that he said in the past and go back, you're going to see a theme of what he's going to unveil in you in this decade right now. Because what he has said over you all these years, he's about to unveil now, right now. You know, there are many that are sitting in this room and said, Pastor Julie, I've just been really, I've been the best I can for God. I look at you, Doug, and you go, I've been, I've done the best I can, God. But I just feel like I always hit this wall, I always hit this wall, I always hit this wall. The Lord says, I'm about to take the wall away. I'm about to unveil everything that you have poured into with all your heart, in your own personality and in your own way, you have poured into God. And God is so blessed and pleased with you, Doug, you have to know. And he's about to unveil. When you sang that song this morning, that came from the deepest place of your heart. And because it's something you've had to walk through yourself, everybody in this room walked through it with you this morning. Because we can't take anyone anywhere that we haven't been. And so our weaknesses become his strengths. Your weaknesses are the strengths of God. And he's about to unveil you as one of the Daniels that I spoke of you many years ago. Get that prophecy out. Get it out. Yeah, I think Jamie, Jamie Galloway spoke it first and I repeated it to you that there's a young man in your church and he's like a Daniel. and He's going to lead people in worship like a Daniel. It's a now. See, we, we, there's many things that God has spoken of us and we just go, 
wow, you know, that's, not, that's never going to happen. But we have to understand that God speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks. And then there's a time where he unveils because he's watching what we do in the secret place with what he says to us and what he gives us. He's watching our responses. He's watching our reactions. He's watching us. Amen. And so God is looking for the hidden ones. Throughout the Bible, God makes heroes out of the most unlikely people. We need to read our Bible a lot more and realize that he probably wants to use Aussies because we're probably the most unlikely people. Jacob was a deceiver, Moses a murderer and a stammerer, David an impulsive teen. But each of these people and many others that I could suggest today possess, also possess gifts that had been otherwise unnoticed until that time. In the midst of their immaturity, in the midst of their weaknesses, in the midst of I can't, I don't know how, I don't know what to do, there was a gift that was stirring on the inside of them till until that time had gone unnoticed by people, by themselves, but God had seen it. And God was waiting for the time that they had gone through all their process. Everyone say process. Process. Until he could unveil them as heroes, unlikely heroes that he would use. Andrew Flaxman, you are an unlikely hero. When you stood up and spoke this morning, there was a new sound in your voice. There's a new sound that God is using. And when we go through the trials of life, we come out the other end of that trial. We come out of the fire, not smelling like fire. And I want to tell you and Jilly, you've come through this fire and, jo- and Joey, the whole family, you've come through this fire and you don't even smell like fire. And people say to them, you know, you should be a wreck. You should be this, you should be that. No, we don't even smell like fire. Because there was a fourth man in the fire with us. And they've come out with a revelation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the one who walks through everything with them. And I can't wait to hear the messages that are going to come out of these guys. I can't wait to hear the worship that's going to come out of you, Joey. Honestly, I watched her worshiping God this morning in here. She's 10 years old. And she had me in tears. The expression on her face of the intimacy she has with Jesus. In tears. God is doing something. He's unveiling. Andrew, you're unveiling. He's unveiling. Listen to me. Listen to me. He's unveiling you. And there's been so much rejection put on you. Right through your life, the enemy has sought to keep you down, to shut you up, to keep you in a box where you've never felt you could rise up. But my God is saying to you right now, he's going to unveil you and he's going to, all the other brothers are going to be standing there. All the other brothers are going to be standing there and the prophet's going to come along and say, no, there's another one. Where is he? Oh, he's hidden. He's been hidden. He's just been tending the sheep for his father for many years. God is about to bring you out of the paddock and reveal who you truly are as a true shepherd, as a true preacher, as a true man of God. Get ready for the unveiling. Amen? When these men had a surprise encounter with divine grace, it brought these hidden talents to the light. 
And so always be looking for those divine encounters to bring your hidden talents to the light. And don't look at the person next to you and go, you know, well, that couldn't possibly be me. Because I'm sure Moses felt the same way, a stuttering murderer. I'm sure David felt the same way, an impulsive teenager. I'm sure Jacob, a deceiver, a liar, someone who had deceived his own father, felt the same way. But in encounter with God, the, the, the hidden talent on the inside of them was revealed. And with a life, and with that, their lives were transformed. And each played an improbable role in salvation's history. Amen? Are you about to play a role in the salvation history of our nation? Because it's time to snap out of it. It's time to stop waiting until you're good enough. Amen? And so in Judges, we see an unlikely hero. His name is Gideon. Let me just read this part of Judges 6 to you. It's from 11 down to 17. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, not Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezite. I don't know if I said that right, but who cares? While his son Gideon, listen, this is the important part, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide, in order to hide from the Midianites. I'll explain later. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord God bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. Did that sound like a lot of might to you right there and then? Or did that sound like a very insecure guy? Listen again. Listen to the next part. Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. What was the might God was talking about? What was the might the angel of the Lord was speaking? Definitely wasn't his security in himself. You'll see when we go to the next And so Gideon said to the angel, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, Gideon said to the angel, Then show me a sign that it is you who talk to me. Incredible story. Incredible story. Here's this guy, Gideon. Let me do some background for you. Judges 6 tells us the story of when the Lord put the Israelites under the captivity of the Midianites because they had done evil in his sight. We know that in the Old Testament, Israel would be loving God, doing the right thing, and then they would turn, they would do evil, and then he'd have to wake them up. You'd have to bring something to wake them up. And of course, once they, were, once they were out of covenant with God, as I explained last week, 
out of covenant with God, they became exposed to their enemies. That's why it's so important for us to stay in covenant with God. They rebelled against the Lord. Consequently, the Midianites oppressed them severely for seven years. The Israelites had to be in hiding. Listen, the Israelites had to be in hiding in the mountains, the caves, and strongholds. Anytime the Israelites planted crops, raiders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camp in the land, and destroy crops as far away as Gaza. Anybody feel like every time they plant something, it gets stolen? Every time they do something, the enemy comes and steals it? They would leave the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking away all their livestock. Their enemies would arrive on multitude of camels, on a multitude of camels, and stayed until the land was completely ravaged. So they're all hiding, and they're watching the land be completely ravaged by the enemy. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound familiar to the church? Does it sound familiar to the church in Australia? Does it sound familiar to you individually? As long as I can keep me and my house safe and comfy and walk in God and go to church and read my Bible and do the right thing, well, they can all destroy themselves. But I'm just going to stay in hiding in here. But I don't think that's what God had intended for us to do. The the Israelites were greatly impoverished and they cried out to the Lord, listen, and God responded to their cry and raised up Gideon, one man, one insecure, tiny man. Why did God raise up Gideon? I want to show you this. In verse 11 of Judges 6, it tells us the condition of Gideon at the time. He was one of the victims of the Midianites' oppression before the angel of the Lord appeared to him with the call of the Lord to lead the deliverance of the people. And and we'll go back to that scripture that says, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. I want you to take note of that very statement there. It's really important. The Bible says Gideon was threshing his wheat in a wine press. Could this be the thing that God saw in Gideon, apart from his insecurities, his being a nobody, his being a nothing? Was there something he was doing in the hidden place that attracted the eye of God? Was there something he was doing in the process, in the middle of trial and tribulation, that attracted the very eye of God? that he would appoint him as a deliverer. First of all, let's look at that phrase. He was threshing his wheat in a wine press. Something wrong with that picture. Let's just look at what is a wine press, first of all. A wine press was a big pit or a big, um, large vat, huge. You could fit like men in it because they would go in there and press the grapes where the grapes were collected and the juice is pressed or squeezed from them and channeled into a large container. Wine presses were usually dug in vineyards. But Gideon was not pressing grapes in the wine press, but he had built a wine press in the middle of a wheat field. Listen to me. In the middle of a harvest... 
He built a wine press. How ridiculous are you, Gideon? That you would build a wine press in the middle of a harvest, in the middle of a wheat field. How ridiculous are you? How ridiculous are you, C3 Tugra, that you would build a wine press in the middle of a drought where God isn't moving? How ridiculous that you would press your wheat in a wine press and stay open to the move of God that will hit the earth? Why don't you be like everybody else and build big churches and don't even talk about the wine or the grapes or the wine that's been pressed in last seasons or the wine that is coming in the new season? Don't talk about that. Stay safe. Water everything down. Hide. What we do in the hidden places while we're waiting is what God is catches the eye of God. Yeah? Where we stay faithful in the hidden places, down a vat where no one can see what we're doing. In the hidden places is where God will bring forth a harvest and a deliverer from. The harvest is in the vat. The harvest is in the wine press. And Gideon got that. He got it. What is a threshing floor? So that wheat should be really harvested on a threshing floor. A threshing floor is a flat surface prepared for the threshing of grain. The threshing floor was usually located at the edge of a village, frequently on a large flat rock. When no flat rock was available, the threshing, the threshing floor would be prepared by leveling the ground, pounding the earth to create a very hard surface. Threshing was the removal of the kernel from the grain and its salt and was done by different methods, including the beating of the grain and so on and so on. So usually to get the grain, to harvest the grain, you needed a threshing floor. He knew that if he went to the threshing floor, that the enemy would take it. So we had to be in a season of hiddenness to continue to bring in the grain. You get it? And so he dug a wine vat that the Midianites would have never realized that there would be wheat in the wine vat because it wasn't in a vineyard. There couldn't be grapes in it. So why even bother looking? It's not in a vineyard. Can't be grapes in that wine vat. Some crazy guy. Some crazy Pentecostal spirit-filled Christian has gone and built a wine vat in the middle of a wheat field. What a nutter. Some crazy Christian is still praying behind closed door in their house that God will move in our nation. What a nutter. Why don't they just get with the program and get hiding in the mountains, get hiding in the caves because it's all useless. See, they didn't remember the miracles that God had done. They forgot the miracles that God had done. Let me go on. The time Gideon was threshing his wheat, look at this, and I want you to think of this about your own lives as well as what we're trying to do in this church because this is vision. This is the month of vision, 2020 vision. Next week, Pastor Phil is going to be sharing apostolic vision with you. This week, I'm sharing prophetic vision with you. Amen. So Gideon threshing his wheat, like what we do in this church or what you do in your personal life, was what? 
Number one, not the best time. It's not the best time to thresh wheat when the enemy is stealing it. Number two, it wasn't the right place. You were supposed to be threshing in the threshing field, Gideon, not in a wine vat. But he discovered in the midst of this that he had to do something. How many of you in this last decade, this last season, when many others have given up, have said, I have to do something? Even if I pray and I don't feel God, I have to still pray. Even if I don't believe the things that God has said in me about me, I still have to believe. I still have to write in my journal. I still have to trust God. I still have to know that God is great and he's in control. I still have to do that. And through the though the circumstances were not perfect, he knew he must use what he had. What is in your hand, Moses? A stick. Let me turn it into a staff. What is in your hand and has been in your hand for the last decade that God is about to turn into a staff? What have you been pressing in a wine vat? What wheat have you been harvesting that God is about to bring your harvest? Because God is about to unveil the hidden ones. Amen? Gideon didn't resign to fate or fold his arms. If he did, he and his family would have died of hunger. I know that Pastor Phil and I, many years ago, put a stake in the ground. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what we see, we will stay true to the depth of who God is, to the depth of the Word of God inside of us, and we will not water down or change the conviction of what God has said to us because we're not going to watch our kids or our church starve to death in the middle of a drought. We're going to keep something, even if it's hidden in the wine vat. And it's hidden in the wine vat because we got filled with new wine. And this church was a new wine church. This church was a church of power and glory and revival. We birthed this church in the midst of revival. And God came in great power, great glory. And God said to me, after two and a half years of us running so hard, of him coming in every service, and every service would go from 9.30 in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, no one would move, no one would go to the bathroom, no one wanted to eat, no one wanted to get a drink. Everyone felt like it was moments in time because we'd get picked up by God and taken into a glory realm and put back down. Thousands of people were touched. Thousands of people. They've gone back out. They've planted churches. They've done stuff through the fruit of the wine press of this church. We didn't chuck out the wine press when the, when the, when the, when the wine stopped flowing. We decided to use it as a harvest for wheat. And we decided to keep harvesting that wheat in the hidden place where the enemy couldn't take it because we weren't going to let our people starve. We weren't going to let you starve. Amen? Does that make sense to you? The problem with many people today is that they're they're using the unfavorable 
condition, the unfavorable condition as an excuse for their inaction. It's too hot. I couldn't possibly pray this morning. I couldn't possibly go to church this morning. It was like a sauna last Sunday. It's going to be worse today. You know, I couldn't possibly do this. I couldn't possibly. They're using it as an excuse for their inaction. Yeah? You know, I've got a sore back. I, I, you know, my kids are a mess this week. You know, whatever it is, the circumstances. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, arise from the prostration and the depression that circumstances have held you in. Arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is about to rise on you and it will come in you and through you. Amen. People are not doing anything yet in the church in Australia because they're waiting for the perfect condition to start a particular course, a prayer program, to write a song wherever Jilly is. There's thousands of songs. Is that you up there? Is that Jilly up there? Where's Jilly? She's somewhere around. Where is she? Hiding in the mum's room. Doesn't matter, I'll come back to it. There's things inside of people that have been cooking for the last decade, maybe decades. And God is about to uncover them. Jilly, I'm just saying about you. I'm saying that people are waiting for perfect conditions in which to do what God has called them to do. But we can't wait for the perfect condition. It's time to unveil it right now. And Jilly, the songs that are inside of you that have been there for decades are about to be unveiled. God is going to unveil songs that you've written that you thought were nothing, that you were, I should throw that in the bin. You thought it was rubbish. But God is about, he wants you to go back through your songs, go back through the lyrics you've written, the, the, the things that you've recorded that was just one chorus that go, oh, I'll never finish that song. And God is about to unveil the most godly, beautiful songs that are going to be the, the sound of this decade. That's why he couldn't unveil them in the last two decades because he'd been waiting for this decade to unveil the sound of your songs. So it's time to step in. Others, you, you know, there's books inside of you. There's poetry inside of you. There are other things inside of you. There's things inside of you that God is waiting to unveil and it's now don't wait for the perfect condition. Don't wait for the perfect condition. But the truth is, the truth is this, there is hardly ever such a perfect time. So people wait forever and go to their grave with much regret. Amen? There's no time like now. Gideon didn't wait for the perfect condition to thresh his wheat at the threshing floor, which was made from rock and soil. Considering the fact that the, the Israelites under punishment of the Lord were hiding in the caves from the Midianites, there was no way for Gideon to get access to a threshing floor. But he had access to a wine press, which was usually in a pit, where the Midianites could not see him and would not be able to attack him. This is what he did in the midst of what didn't look like the perfect situation or the perfect time. Number one, he kept hope alive. Gideon never gave up hope. And I want to inject hope into those of you today who feel discouraged and feel like you gave up hope a long time. Angela Dima, 
There is hope inside of you that has been deferred for a long time. And it's been, it's been squashed inside of you. And it feels like there's no hope left. Hope is the anchor for our soul. And that's why you don't feel anchored. You don't know where you are right now. And I want to tell you that it's a lie of the enemy that has kept your hope from being uncovered. It's been hidden by the enemy, your hope, because he wants you to pay a price for the sins of your forefathers. You believe And somehow the enemy has caused you to believe that you carry the sins of those that have gone before you, almost as if you did it yourself. And God is coming. He's coming to take that false judgment off you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he's coming to reveal who you are without the sins of your forefathers. He's coming. You've had prayer ministry. You've had it lifted off you. But there's a belief system inside of you that somehow you feel like you're almost your mother or your ancestors, that you are actually still living their life and being paid punishment for their sins. And I'm telling you now, perfect love casts out fear because fear is the fear of punishment. And God is about to pour out perfect love upon you, Angela Dima. And he's about to pour such perfect love out on you. And I see him taking this veil, which is a dark veil that's been over you, off you, the condemnation that you've carried, the weight that you've carried. I see God taking it off you supernaturally, and I see him pouring in perfect love that casts out all fear, fear of punishment. Because Jesus paid the price not only for you, but for your mother and your grandmother and your generations before you. He paid the price for that, and you, didn't, you don't have to pay any price. It has been done in Jesus' name. Number two, he used what he had. Number one, he kept hope alive. I'm nearly done. Number two, he used what he had. And number three, and that is where the angel of the Lord appeared in that. That's what the angel of the Lord was sent by God for because he saw a man who in the middle of circumstances kept hope alive and decided that he may not have everything that needs to happen. This is not the best situation. This is not the perfect condition, but I'm going to use and all those of you who have been doing the something in the wine press where no one has seen you, where the enemy has not been able to attack that small place in your heart, I want to tell you right now that God sees you, that God has seen you, and God is about to unveil you. He is about to destroy the enemy that's kept you in hiding. He's about to defeat your enemies and bring you out of hiding, and he's going to show you where the where the wine comes from, the vine. The, the, the wine press and the wheat comes to the threshing floor. And he's going to show you how to divide those two things again. And he's going to show you the greatest harvest that man has ever seen as the wheat goes to the threshing floor and the chaff is separated from the wheat. We're going to see a difference between good and bad. We're going to see a difference between light and darkness. And you're going to see, it's going to be clear, there's going to be a line drawn in the sand. There'll be no more mixing anymore. And you'll be ones that will come out of your wine vat and you'll come out bringing pure wheat. 
You'll come out bringing the purity of the wheat that you've harvested in the secret place in your heart. Even at times where you felt insecure, you felt like you are least in your family, you feel like your family is nothing where you've come from, you feel like your sin is always before your face. But I want to tell you this, Gideon felt exactly the same way. Moses felt exactly the same way. David felt exactly the same way. And yet God uses unlikely people And he's about to bring you into encounters. He's about to bring you encounters with him. That's why I started on intimacy with God is the first unveiling. Matt Bromfield, you have no idea who you are. You think you have to hide in a mind to prove yourself. I'm telling you, there's a place God has for you in the field of the Lord. And you are not just the husband of your wife, although she's amazing. But I'm telling you, you will be the head and not the tail. And God is rising you up as a man of God. He's going to put muscles on the inside of you that you never knew that you had, Matt. I'm telling you, he's been purging you and he's been working on you in that minefield, in that hidden place. But you're about to be unveiled. And who you are, the love you have in your heart for the unlovable, the way that you can reach into the hearts. I've seen you. I've seen you speak to those homeless people those street people that no one wants to go near. I've seen you, I've seen you give them dignity. And where you felt like no one has given you dignity in the past, they've treated you like an idiot, they've pushed you to the side, your wife is the smart one and you're the dummy. I'm telling you right now, God is about to dignify you. And you're going to be given dignity in the house of God. And who's going to dignify you? The homeless person that you give dignity to is going to make you feel dignified because God's about to unveil your gift of compassion and mercy and the pastoral heart that you have for those that are totally unlovable. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Is that good? <clears throat> These are the other things that he saw in Gideon. I want you to see them in yourself and in this church today. Will you look at twofold? Will you look at yourself and will you look at the church that you've connected to and maybe you don't even understand why you're connected to because we have these same things in this church, in the heart of this church. Number one, he saw a man who did not give up. And many of you in this room have been in situations, Taro, I I applaud you this morning. You're a man who has not given up, Taro. And again, You know, there's been a devil assault against you to make you feel insignificant and inadequate. Like Gideon, who am I? God, I'm nothing. I'm the least in my family. You've always felt like the least everywhere you go. Least in the church family, the least in your family, the least in your workplace. But I'm telling you, God is about to uncover you, Taro, because you're a man who has not given up. Even though everything was against you, you chose to worship God. You chose to come to church. You chose to get your family into a church where you know that would not starve. And God is going to honour you. He's going to honour you as a man. He's going to honour you as a husband. He's going to honour you as a father. And He's going to honour you as a child of God in this house. Amen. As a friend. I believe He's bringing friends to you, Tarot. And they're not just friends who feel sorry for you, but they're friends who are going to come and see the strength inside of you and the beauty that's in your heart. Amen. So he saw a man who didn't give up. Number two, 
He saw a man who hoped against hope. Hoped against hope. And I just see that in you, Colleen. I see you're a woman who hopes against hope. There's so many times where you could have just thrown it all down. Why should I hope? Everything's gone wrong. My whole life is turned upside down. But God sees you as a woman who hopes against hope. And God is going to unveil that. There's a season that you're coming into where He's going to renew your strength like the eagles. He's going to renew your youth like the eagles. You've been in a season where you feel, you know how our eagle renews its youth? Do you know that, Colleen? An eagle renews its youth like this. It goes up to the highest place it can go into hiding. It builds itself a nest and has enough food in that nest just to survive for the season that it's going to go through. It's a survival season. Then it sits in the nest and it it plucks every feather out of its own body. And then it takes its bill off. And it has to sit in that nest until everything grows back. Because it's only reaching these heights, but the eagle needs to reach these heights to be a true eagle. And when the feathers get old and they get worn out and they get old, they can only fly at this height. They go up to the high place. They go through the most awful things of isolation and hiddenness, feel like they're being stripped naked. And then the feathers grow back and they take off higher than they ever have before. And I believe this is a a feather growing back season. God is nearly ready to launch you into the next season. All the years that you've done in the church and for the church and with the church, no, you're not just gonna stand on doors. God has a significant space for you. And your self-worth and your esteem and your identity, He's gonna dig down, He's gonna find it again because you've been faithful in that, in this season, like Gideon, God is gonna bring you out of that nest and you're gonna soar in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that God appears in the most unexpected places at the most unexpected time to the most unexpected people. Shame. God. I see a prophetic mantle beginning to grow inside of you. I see God opening your eyes more in the prophetic realm, Shane, and even me saying that, I'm going, what are you talking about? But I just feel like that's God saying that. He's going to open your eyes to see bigger picture things. And I believe you're going to see angels, spirit realm, You already see them in your heart of hearts, but you won't admit to it because you feel like, well, that's dumb. That's just for all those smart people. But God is going to use you and open your eyes to see. And I believe you're going to be trained and equipped in that. In fact, if you want to come to my Thursday nights, we start this Thursday night where we're going to start to unpack the prophetic for another season. I believe you should be there. I feel that there's an uncovering of that. It's coupled with an evangelistic gift. It's coupled with that. It has a prophetic evangelistic flow to it. And God's going to teach you how to use that in the marketplace even, even in your workplace, in Jesus' name. Amen. So stop making excuses and stop procrastinating. It's time to come out of hiddenness, to use the things that the Lord has taught us in the hiddenness 
to now display for His glory. I want to just um, just really just affirm you, Andy Petha. Honestly, you are you are actually a picture of what God wants to do in this nation. You are you are the picture of humility and servant heart. You, you, your love for the house of God and your love for us as pastors and your love even just to make things right so that it's all done out of such the most beautiful heart. And Angie, keep going and doing what you're doing because you're exactly the kind of Gideons that God is looking for. You're exactly the kind of make kind of Aussie that God is looking to reveal in this season. Don't be surprised how God uses your servant heart to really open up doors for you. And I believe God's going to bless your business out of this. God says, if you build my house, I'll build yours. And I see contracts coming to you that are going to blow your mind. I see contracts. I see them being written in heaven right now. And being. I see them like the angels kind of making like paper airplanes and throwing them down to different companies and God is about to give you contracts. He's a boat builder, you know. I don't know if that's the right name for it. There's a good name for it, isn't it? What is it? Shipwright. Anyway, he's a boat builder and uh, he's worked on the best boat yachts in Australia. Like he is... But he comes here every Sunday morning. He's putting out chairs. He's setting up fans for you. He's washing your feet. And that's exactly the kind of people that God is going to use. He has worked on Pat Reach's son's yacht, which has won, yes, many times. My word to you this morning is, do what you can do. Do what is in your hand right now and begin to step out of hiddenness, taking little steps as the Lord leads you out. Amen? Taking little steps. Just take the little steps. Just do what's in your hand right now, but you don't have to do it in hiddenness. Now you can start to step out and actually say, Pastor Julie, Pastor Phil, I feel like God is saying this to me. What do you think? It's like, whoa, that's amazing. We need that idea. We need that dream. We need that vision. We need your part. We need you to play your part. Only you can do what God's called you to do. You're the missing piece. It's time to come out of hiddenness. Do what you can do as you are led by the Lord and He will meet you on the way. The angel met Gideon while he was already starting to do something in an impossible situation. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon in the wine press. It's right now in your hiddenness that God is going to begin to unveil Himself to you. The Lord will meet you in your wine press in the most unexpected place at the most unexpected hour. Hallelujah. If it's three o'clock in the morning and he says, get up, get up. If you're driving your car and the presence of God comes into your car, pull over. Don't put it off. Wait for the unexpected and step into it. Amen. Because God's about to unveil. Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews 
from another place. If you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for Australia from another place. Amen. And you and your father's house will perish. This is not a time to sit back and wait. Since you did not help when you had a chance, this is the time. This is the hour for who knows. This is in Esther 4.14. For who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very purpose. Let's stand to our feet in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you embrace us right now? Would you embrace us right now with truth? Father, would you destroy every lie of the enemy that has kept us bound? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we stand against the spirit of rejection that opposes our minds. We choose to come out. We choose to come out from under. God, will you unveil who we are in this season and in this time in the name of Jesus. I release an anointing of unveiling over you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.